We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hi, Mavs fans. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you for another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. The Mavs lost to the Phoenix Suns, 111-105. to The Mavericks have now lost five straight for the first time since the 2018-19 season, which was rookie uh, Luka's rookie year. And they are, um, I don't know, for me, the the things just, just keep getting worse. This is a... This is a much worse loss to me um, than some of the previous ones we've dealt with because it's, it's, I mean, they had the game and then the team, the team lost it. Um, I want to talk about a key moment and what happened and why a little later in the podcast, because I don't think it was the reason, but the, the Mavericks had momentum and then they gave it all away. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm frustrated with the loss, obviously, but at the, I mean, we shouldn't be saying this about NBA teams, but at least there was like, like they cared. <laughs> like there mm-hmm. was, I mean, we could argue about what you know how much of that level of effort disappeared in the fourth quarter, but I mean, at the very least, they were not getting their bl- doors blown off in the first quarter, uh, and they seemed like a relatively feisty team for you know 40 minutes or so and i know that we're not when you're when you're a team that had uh, the preseason expectations the mavericks have and you sit 8 and 12 after your first 20 games and you've lost 5 in a row and you're 2 and 5 at home and and you have your star player uh, a game ago saying that he's not sure what's going on cuz he 
seems like guys don't care. Like obviously things are bad and, and moral victories shouldn't really exist right now, but I'm just like, there's a part of my brain that's like, well, at least they responded. Like there was a, when you consider the circumstances, uh, Kirk, I think you said on our last podcast that the Mavericks were probably not going to get into their beds until like 3 a.m. or something, or, you know, a little after 3 a.m. and then play a basketball game tonight. Like I wouldn't have been shocked if we saw like another game that they played against the Suns uh, or that Houston game. Uh, so, like, I was genuinely enthused that they did some things in terms of keeping the game competitive and close. But, yeah, I can't really argue against you about just the way the game ended and the way it kind of slipped through their fingers. Uh, and we saw – what troubled me was we saw some kind of old nasty habits uh, reemerge in that fourth quarter, and that was disappointing. Well, it's more than the third quarter or fourth quarter. Let me read yeah. you a number. So, at the 601 mark – of the uh, third quarter, Tim Hardaway Jr. made a 12-foot jumper to put the Mavs up 74 to 59. Uh, the final score ended up being 111 to 105. So if you do the math there, it was a 52 to 31 closing effort by the Suns. And that is frankly unacceptable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Luka Doncic was the Mavs offense in the third quarter. And if you go into the box score, it was once again a piss poor effort by just about everybody else. Um, it's very frustrating to watch all these so-called perimeter players not be able to hit 50% of their shots. You know, Hardaway Jr. Once again, you know, he's three of 10 from three, uh, Jason or Josh Richardson has been grossly disappointing. Uh, he's shooting 40% from the floor. That can't be, it, it, it just can't be, you know, he's shooting 28% from three. Like this is awful. And, and, you know, Brunson came into the game again and, you know, was very Brunson-y. You know, he and Hardaway seem to be fighting for, like, the second guard spot, and neither one is really making a compelling case because, you know, Brunson's too short to defend, and, and Hardaway's is, is seems to, when he plays off the bench, he just doesn't play the same. I don't really – there's just so many problems. And, you know, we didn't even bring up the fact that Chris Stapps Porzingis didn't play at all, which – was really telegraphed, and we should have talked about last night. The fact that he played in the fourth quarter was a telltale sign that he wasn't going to play on the second end of back-to-back. But I didn't even think about him. I didn't think <laughs> about him until the Mavs were, were almost about to lose the game. You know, they got the game of Willie Cauley-Stein's life with 14 points, nine rebounds, and four blocks. And, you know, he really should have had more, but he did lots of dumb Willie Cauley-Stein things. I know nobody's going to want to hear that because it's it's not – you know, it's not fair. It's probably not. It's probably me being overly critical to in, a, in a sense. But as a starting center who gets who is Luka Doncic's role man, you have one of the easiest jobs in the NBA, and he just can't seem to finish buckets. Um, or he would like catch it and pass out. I don't know. Like it's there's just so much wrong with these guys, and and I don't understand what the point of a lot of what their offseason plan was if these guys aren't going to be able to play together because. Again, they're missing Maxi Kleba at this point. I think there's some arguments to be made about Richardson and Dorian Finney-Smith's wind. Brunson never had COVID, so it's it's kind of hard to say what's going on. Where he, you know, and he's actually played really well over the course of the season. As much as I don't like watching him play, that that's not the same thing. But there, there's some arguments to be made that these guys need to kind of find themselves again, and I think I think there's some validity to that. But the Mavericks don't have time. 
They are now four games under 500, 20 games into a 70 game season. Yeah, they're they are they're slowly running out of time, and that's why they really needed, like they desperately needed to find a way. It, like I didn't care if they won this game, even missing every shot. Like if they would have somehow won this game with Phoenix, like coughing it up, uh, I wouldn't have cared. Like they just needed to win, uh, and they didn't. And yeah, Josh Richardson has been a huge disappointment, and I think you know the preseason. The preseason, I think, you know, inflated a lot of what he could do. And even as someone who was a big fan of the move, you know, I thought that preseason people needed to tap the brakes because, you know, he was not. <laughs> he shot like 75% shooting. from three. Yeah, it, that was crazy. Um, but I'm willing to, I mean, Kirk, I don't know how to balance these two feelings where I'm willing to wait because the guy had COVID uh, and, you know, he was not on a basketball court basically for two weeks. He was in a hotel room. Uh, so I'm willing, but at the, at the other end of the spectrum, you know, he also wasn't playing particularly well when he, uh, went out of the lineup, but also his healthy sample size in a Mavericks uniform. That's, you know, that pre those pre COVID, you know, he played like five games. So I'm just really torn between wanting to give, you know, give these guys the time that they need. But at the end of the day, like they just have to win some games. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like they got to just find a way to win because at the end of the day, like, you know, when we get toward the end of the season, the NBA is not going to be like, sorry, you know, here are your wins that you deserve that you got kind of screwed out of because half your team got COVID. Like that's just not going to happen. So, uh, and that sucks uh, because I want to give these guys more time because they deserve more time. But at the end, you know, He's still, you know, Richardson played 35 minutes and Finney Smith played 34 minutes. So, like, these guys, they've been thrown into the fire. I don't know yeah. if it made it worse or better or I don't no, know. I mean, Finney Smith has actually played relatively well. Yeah. Um, two games in a row, he shot the heck out of the ball from the corners, which is really where he, his, bud, his bread has been buttered. Richardson is just something else entirely because he looks so out of sorts and his shot is, is Sean Marion-esque. It is ugly. And it's kind of funny when he when he's off the dribble because it's so ugly that I don't think team realizes teams realize he's shooting, and so I I suppose there's the argument that you're making that you know given enough time maybe he'll feel more comfortable, but I I just I don't understand how because Luca teams are keen on Luca like this is it's a it's a perpetuating problem in that teams have keyed on Luca more and more as the year goes along where he's having to take more mid range jumpers which means the shooters are, are are sort of open because they're clogging the lane but they're, they're these rim runs for Luca are no aren't there like they were last year and and that's like a, a product of who is playing how they're playing uh the lack of verticality from Powell from Cauley Stein and from KP it's just all these compounding problems with how basketball teams fit together and there's no real easy solution other than the guys who are getting open shots have to hit them teams aren't respecting them nor should they it's it's the offense just died again and you know Zach Guthrie at a certain point I I would like to you know Carla doesn't let assistants talk but I would like to know what offense quote you know somebody called uh, Zach Guthrie who was the guy running from Utah an offensive guru it was a source to dallasbasketball.com like a guru of what because their offense has regressed um I don't like a lot of what I'm seeing on either side of the ball. 
And there's just not an easy solution past NBA players need to stop derping around. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just like it's such an awful way to spend my time. I'm yeah, so tired. I know. I, you know, our, our our real lives are they are what they are with everybody who is staying home and being smart and and making you know decisions related to COVID. And then I, I I stay up late on the East Coast to watch these games, which the the NBA and the Mavericks are needlessly moving back by a half hour for what? And and then I'm up till one in the morning most nights <laughs> to watch this team fail. It's very silly. Our yeah. overseas fans must be despondent. <laughs> I know. Um... Kirk, I wanted to go back to the offense. I think we should probably talk about what happened in the fourth quarter because really I think for the first three quarters I was okay with what I was seeing, and then the fourth quarter was where like the process was. Uh, Very old last year. Very yeah. last year. Um, if you, I, I got the the game by the play by play up, but I, I marked this. I made a mental note of this when I saw it. So with three minutes left, they're down 98-96, and the Mavericks have a really nice offensive possession. They're kind of pinging the ball around. They've got the Phoenix defense strung out, and what I was Mm -hmm. hoping they would do uh, to close out the game is try to get DeAndre Hayden in space because the Suns basically play Aiton with four perimeter guys that are all relatively capable on defense. You know, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, those guys can switch and guard pretty well. So the Mavericks love to run uh, a lot of small, small pick and rolls with Luca, like use Tim Hardaway Jr., use Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, maybe use Josh Richardson with a dribble handoff, like that kind of stuff. And if you're doing that against the Suns team down the stretch, you know, they, they're okay with that. Cause they'll just, they'll just switch it. Cause they don't, if Mikhail is guarding Luca or Jay Crowder's guarding Luca, they're cool with it. So I really wanted them to try to isolate Aiton and try to get him in space and get him moving around uh, and force the Suns to react to that. And they, this possession with three minutes left in the game, they did exactly that. And the ball pings around. It comes to Josh Richardson, open wing three-pointer, uh, and he misses it. Um, and after that possession and that shot, I, I don't have, you know, I, I, don't, I need to go back and, and watch it. But I swear, Kirk, after that possession, it immediately reverted back to, okay, Luke is going to walk the ball up. He's going to run one pick and roll. He's going to stand outside the three-point line and hold the ball for 15 seconds and then just try to do something like last season's team that we saw where everyone just stood around and watched Luca. And I can't help but wonder if there was some, like, did maybe that missed shot was just really dispiriting. Maybe Luca saw it and was like, okay, uh, it's my, you know, I have to win the game. And he kind of reverted back to his bad habits because I think when Luca presses on himself a little too much he can do some things that i disagree with in terms of holding on to the ball a lot and that mm-hmm. really disappointed me because at the end of the day like you said the guy like the solution is the roster i don't think is going to dramatically change unless let's see what happens at the trade deadline but i don't think they're going to make any trades in the next two weeks so uh they have to figure it out with the guys on the floor and like, even if like, I understand, you know, when the guys aren't making shots, you know, well, let's just Luca do whatever he can do. But I would really just love if they just stuck with it and not abandon that, that and Luca not abandon the offense a little bit. Well, I, he's the offense and I, like, you can call it out on coaching and play calling, but like he's the one with the ball in his hands. But go go through. I'm going through the, I've been going through the game log and Luca entered the game and he missed three shots in the final six minutes, but what really went, you know, the game was tied at 96 up and the Suns simply scored every time. Mm-hmm. 
that is much more damaging. And this happened in the first Suns game. I don't know if anyone remembers it because it was the first game of the year. But the exact same thing happened where Booker and Paul went to work and the supposed defense of the Mavericks was really for naught. And it was the same deal. Um, part it of said, it. Was, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Uh, I just want. I just want to say, uh, interject that like it's that thing, Kirk, where they miss shots and it totally deflates them on the defensive end. Sure. Like it, and that, that that's been a thing I think with this team for the last year or two. Yeah, I. I. It's true, but you. And this is where the shot making aspect comes into this because it's either one thing or the other. Like last yeah, yeah. season. Dorian Finney-Smith like should have been a hero like four times and the Mavericks couldn't get a stop only this time it's like it this season it's been the reverse where Luca serves a dime to somebody and they can't hit it uh even reading through this you know like Luca misses a five-foot shot Finney-Smith misses a three Luca misses a driving floater and and the floaters versus the rim stuff is what I was talking about earlier where teams just don't respect the Mavs shooters nor should they and I just I don't see a quick I don't see an easy path out of this. Like I'm really not upset as much as I am just despondent because I don't see where it gets easier um, for for anybody. Because once again, Luca pours in the points. I mean, twenty nine, uh, eight boards and seven assists. What more can What more can that guy do? Yeah, efficient shooting, twelve of twenty two, three of seven from three. Uh, only four free throw attempts, which I think goes back to what you're saying, right? He's just not, there's no path for him to the basket this season. I don't think, and especially not last season. And when you're, I mean, Kirk, they're two best pick and roll play. I mean, <laughs> think about it. They don't have Chris Stops has been bad this season. Dwight Powell is not the same. And Maxi Kleba has been out for three weeks. Those are all, they're best pick and roll bigs and Luca is great in terms of individual one-on-one play, but what really unlocked him last season was how the Mavericks use the pick and roll and their spacing to open up driving lanes for him. And when Willie Colley Stein is setting a screen and there's Dorian Freddie Smith and Josh Richardson on the, on, you know, surrounding that pick and roll, like what, if you're a defense, what are you going to do? You don't care about what you don't even care about Willie Collie's die. Cause he's shooting 60% at the rim, which is horrible. So no, uh, well, it, he's an awful, he's an awful vertical athlete on yeah. offense because he times his jump wrong every time. Like Luca has to put the ball directly above the cylinder for him to dunk it. It's really funny. <laughs> Sorry about that audio snafu. So whatever just happened, Josh and I don't remember because it's <laughs> midnight and you know, <laughs> Sorry, just, like we're talking like we're talking about the same thing every couple of days <laughs> we are. uh yeah and man how, <laughs> wasn't it a little disappointing in the fourth quarter to see like the suns kind of knew what to do down the stretch with paul man how good was paul tonight 12 of 13 right. from the free throw line 29 points 12 assists he yeah. was pretty crappy actually through the first three quarters uh, shooting. I think he was like five of fourteen. Loose with the ball too. Yeah, really loose with the ball. Yeah, and then of course it's the last five minutes of a game, and he's two thousand eight Chris Paul again for the most part. Uh, that was frustrating, but yeah, yeah. I mean the Suns ten of twenty two from three from the Suns nine of twenty nine from the Mavericks. I mean that's I, we say this every single game. That's that's. That's a killer, and the Mavericks only got to the free throw line 14 times, um, which I think is indicative of what we're talking about here. Like, 
Luca doesn't have driving lanes and no one else on this team is capable of taking the ball from the three point line and turning it into offense on a consistent basis. Uh, and that's, and that's a problem. So like if, and that's kind of, we, we expected there to be a little bit of, of a dip because of the way the Mavericks prioritized in the off season, but at the other end of the floor, you know, they got to play better defensively because the Suns kind of did whatever they wanted, like you said, in the last three minutes. Yeah, yeah. I just – well, I think we ought to talk about the last thing, the only thing that really matters uh, in terms of something that that I think – you know, I, I hope the Mavericks get fined for this. I hope that there's a little oh, bit of a story behind it. This we makes talk me about, mad. Oh, it's embarrassing. And Mark Cuban should be embarrassed. I'm going to repeat that. Mark Cuban should be embarrassed. He apparently directed the game ops team to turn off the sound when the Suns were shooting free throws. And the, at first it was it was funny. Uh, Jeff Skin Wade was, you know, making commentary like like he was in golf, like whispering because yeah, he was that like, was a this good just got, he was just like, this just got really awkward. Well, it went on for long enough to where at the first real break, Cuban walks to half, or not Cuban, Carlisle walks to half court and is like, enough of this. Tell them to turn it off or tell them to turn it back on. And then, you know, you, the the camera panned to Cuban, who is sitting at half court, like, I mean, look, I get you're the owner. Come on, man. Go sit up in a box for this. That's just awkward. And he's yelling, and he turns around, and he's like, all right, tell him to turn it back on. And we're all kind of, you know, anybody that has the game feed, which comes through League Pass, or if you're doing it through a less-than-legal stream, <laughs> you see you see that sort of thing. And then at the, the next commercial break, uh, when it happens again, you hear Cuban yelling, tell, and I want to say it was the Suns head coach, tell, tell him I'm sorry. Tell him I'm sorry. What? Like I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. That's clown show right there. I mean, that that's the sort of stuff that, like, I mean, a team that actually is the worst in the league does. Yeah. I mean, is this where we are? I, it's such a stupid thing to get mad about. But for me, it's like, how much do the Mavericks feed us um, directly about their organization? They are different, Kirk. Their organization, their philosophy, their culture, all that stuff. It's all different uh you know they're better uh that's the map you know there's the mavericks way uh there's standards all that stuff and with carlisle you believe it in terms of how he holds the team accountable and how he handles the locker room and stuff but when your owner is doing these bush league carny bullshit stuff during a game like it's a <laughs> like it's a globetrotters game or like it's a g league game or something uh that like you said i don't know what else to say other than that's embarrassing like come on yeah. like that's it re- it reeks of desperation that should be beneath a professional organization, especially one that has the recent history of the last 20 years of the Dallas Mavericks. Like I get that you've lost four in a row. You don't want to lose five, but come on. And I think Carlisle telling him to turn it off and like making a point of it is really all you like that. That says it all. I think to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I feel like this probably would be a lesser thing if Cuban wasn't directly involved, but he clearly was. And I hate that. You know, if it's some, if it's some, if it's some, you know, assistant to the general manager type thing that, that we don't know who the person is, where it's just like somebody thought it'd be a cute idea. Or like no, some whatever. game, game day operator, you know, yeah. 
doing going rogue, trying to have fun or something. Like who among us hasn't done a dumb thing in a job? But no, <laughs> it, it apparently was was Mark Cuban, and I don't know, man. It, it's it was you know, just you, like I was feeling okay. Like I'm, I know you're. I think you're way more bummed out about the loss than I am, and I and I don't blame you. Like it was not a good good game uh, in the fourth quarter, especially. But like I was like okay because I was like talking myself into well, at least they gave they gave a crap, and especially after what Lucas said. Uh, after the second jazz loss like it was obvious that they had some fire in them a little bit uh and they just slipped away from them from stupid mistakes that they made in the fourth quarter but like for that to happen it just soured the taste in my mouth and made me like i I don't want to be mad about that like that's so stupid but like it made me mad i don't know what to say it's so stupid well, and then this is just this is just where we are because we're gonna have another period of days. You know, we have a shit. You know, the the Dallas Morning News has been pushing a Tim Callishaw piece about how um, Luca needs to shoot better from three for the Mavericks to win. Maybe not fair of me to call it a bad piece, but if if the starting point is Luca needs to do better, then I don't believe in the thesis of the piece because it's <laughs> not like. Again, not the the guys going for 28 or 29, 8, and 7. Could he have played a little better? Sure. But then you look through the box score and it's like, where is the rest of the team doing anything? And I just thought there's there's not a good answer for it. Yeah. There's that. Yep. That's it. Uh, Suns had what? One, two, three, four, five players in double figures. Mathis had three. It's kind of the game. They lose by five or six or whatever it was. Yeah. (laughs) And they get to play the same team Monday with presumably Devin Booker coming back. By the way, we didn't mention that Devin Booker, the yeah. Suns' best player, uh, who torches the Mavericks all, almost every time they play, did not play in this game. So, just to- no, we now we have we have lots of games of evidence that teams don't need to play one of their better players against the Mavericks to win. So <laughs> until the Mavericks key. prove otherwise, until the Mavericks prove otherwise, this is just kind of where we are. Well, we should probably quit rambling. What do you think? Do you got anything else? No, that's about it. I I might I might take some plays and maybe throw something, some gifts, or I might just go to bed. But I'm kind of I would go to bed. I'm kind of done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. This is, if the Mavericks, you know, Luca apparently seems a little ha- little little happier in the post game stuff. But I, I, if I'm playing armchair psychologist. You know, Carlisle apparently had to talk in the pregame about how competitive Lucas' statements are, you know, just because he's a really competitive guy, yada, yada. It's probably to the point where Luca doesn't want to have to be like, all right, I, I need some help here because, you know, you can only do so much with what you have, and this is just sort of where the Mavericks are right now. Maybe they'll figure out a way out of it. Maybe they won't. And if they won't, if they won't, if they don't, rather, then, you know, by around the 35-game mark, 15 to 20 more games, things are going to have to change in a huge, huge, huge way. Because if you're wasting a year of an MVP candidate's uh, uh, rookie contract, there are some problems uh, that have to be addressed. It cannot be a, well, that's just the way it goes. It's a COVID season because this is more than just COVID. Yeah, well, and we'll have to see. We just, they got to get this team back. They got I, the last thing I'll say is they got to get this team back and playing some games with everyone at full strength before the trade deadline. Like they got to see what this team is and make like just double that, de- like double and triple check and make sure like is this for real. Uh, but in the meantime, they got to find a way to get out of this tailspin. 
Yep. Because that's right. not happening tomorrow. It's not happening Monday. So. <laughs> oh, well, we'll be back Monday night to play the Suns again. So this has uh, been Kirk and Josh talking on Maz Moneyball After Dark. Thanks so much for uh, for joining in. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.